0: Welcome back to another crossover edition, Locked on Chiefs, Locked on Broncos. I'm Chris Clark. He's Sayer Bedinger. Appreciate it, Sayer. Looking forward to this game. Week 18, it really feels weird to say that. Uh, Just not (laughs) used to that yet.
1: I know. I'm not either. This is uh, kind of cool, actually. I know Cody and I have talked about, I mean, for the Broncos, this is not a super meaningful game. I feel like we kind of know where the Broncos are headed after this point, but the chiefs, I mean, I feel like there's quite a bit at stake for the chiefs here and that kind of makes it interesting at the very least. I feel like across the league, there's, there's quite a bit at stake for teams, which I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that could argue, this is a kind of a pointless week for them, but it does feel like there's some playoff implications riding on a variety of games. So week 18, I'm here for the craziness.
0: Yeah, another week of NFL football. Can't complain with that. Uh, thank you for making Locked Lockdown Chiefs and Locked Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We really do appreciate that. Uh, really quick, let's just go into your game this past weekend. Uh, Drew Locke actually exited the game. It sounds like he came back during the game. Uh, but you were also expecting probably to get a whole bunch of players back from COVID. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, man, it's hard to even remember the entire list of guys that the Broncos had out. But, I mean, for on offense and defense, it was extensive. I mean, you look at the other teams around the league that have had some extensive hits from, from COVID this year, and I think the Broncos are kind of right up there with, like, as many players as they had all at once. So, we're talking, like, wide receivers Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, talking offensive linemen like Bobby Massey, the starting right tackle, even the backup tackle Calvin Anderson – um, defensively, Bradley Chubb, Bryce Callahan. Uh, it just—it's—it's it's all encompassing. Baron Browning, a starting linebacker. So, so many guys are expected to to hopefully come back sooner than later.
0: So, so were you having like a JB team playing last week? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I
1: heard about players who played snaps after the game that I was like, wow, I didn't realize they got in the game. You know, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it, it's, it's definitely been a weird time for the Broncos. You had guys coming up off the practice squad. I think a, a number of them, we were kind of excited to see what they could do, like right. Seth Williams, a wide receiver, you know, a rookie receiver. We haven't got to see him play yet. He made a nice play. Uh, against the Chargers and and other than that though I mean it's kind of just a hodgepodge but there were guys who stepped up you know players that I don't think any Chiefs fan will probably see this week depending on what happens but definitely it, it was definitely cool I I personally Chris I'm the type of guy I love the preseason I love watching every guy one through 90 get to compete on the roster so so I am personally very much here for the practice squad call-ups all throughout the season and and have this many guys all at once. I mean, how many Chiefs fans know Travis Fulgham plays for the Denver Broncos? He got his first <laughs> shot this past week. Ha ha Clinton Dix, he's also on the Broncos. So he got a shot to play this or he at least was promoted to the roster for as a COVID replacement. So definitely just a ton of a ton of a hodgepodge is, is the right way to put it, I would say, for the Broncos the way that they came out this last week.
0: And it's really crazy to think, you know, ha, ha Clinton Dix was on your practice squad. I mean, that's a name <laughs> oh that a couple God. of years ago was a starter on multiple different yeah. teams. Uh, so for him to be on your practice squad, that says a lot. Uh, you guys have a great safety group, so that doesn't shock me that he's just a practice squad player. But I also saw McManus, and I, I apologize, your punter's name. Punter yeah. both went yeah. out too, right? Yes. That happened yeah. on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, I, I think it happened Monday. They put him on the list on Monday, so they so okay. they went on the list. And uh, as the punter is Sam Martin, he's doing pretty good this year. Um, and unfortunately, he gets a lot of opportunities to to show what he can do. But <laughs> he's getting yeah, in, he, right? He is. Yeah, he's getting plenty of reps out there. So yeah, but he and Brandon McManus. And the crazy thing is, is that a Broncos insider, uh, Mike Cliss for Nine News of of Denver. He kind of he didn't necessarily report. Um I wouldn't say, but maybe in a in a sort of roundabout way, he kind of talked about the idea that the broncos, if the, if they're kickers and and or if their kicker and punter can't go, they might just go straight up, madden on everybody, skip the four, you know, the punt on fourth down mm-hmm. and just go for it, skip the extra point and and go for two on every time. And of course, I talked about this with Cody on yesterday's episode. I'm like, if the Broncos just keep going, you know, like three and out in their own side of the field, how many points could the Chiefs possibly score? Or if the Broncos <laughs> would get a touchdown, and, and even if they don't kick an extra point, who has to kick the, the kickoff right after mm-hmm. that, right? So there's so many different factors that could make that absolutely hilarious and one of the most memorable NFL games any of us will ever see. But I hope we don't see it. I, unfortunately, I'm really hoping that the kicker and punter play in this game.
0: Well, and I will say it would be kind of funny to see, you know, I'm sure you have like a fourth string or fifth string wide receiver or, (laughs) you know, a corner that kicked in in high school or something. They can do a kickoff just, you know, once, once or twice, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Something. And I, and I'm with you. I really hope that it doesn't come to that. Uh, You hope that that's not really the case. Uh, Kansas city at this point, uh, as of this recording does not have anybody that went on the COVID list this week. So uh, that's a positive for them, but If you look at the game that they played against the Bengals, the (coughs) Bengals, I believe, had four people go on the COVID list on Tuesday, uh, and they were all starters on the game on Sunday. So you have to wonder if that's going to play into anything uh, come this week and something to watch for both teams.
1: That definitely is. And that game, by the way, whoa that that game against the Bengals, I mean, just from (laughs) the outside looking in, that was a lot of fun to watch. I hope we get to see those two teams go – at it again in the playoffs i don't know but i don't know if you're necessarily hoping to see the Bengals again i am the chiefs at this point they just kind of take whatever but you know I, I, I feel like that was a fun game
0: it was a fun game i i would love to see the Bengals again i just want to see an officiating crew that actually knows what they're doing and has worked together before right uh, yes that's that all i'm nice. going to say when it comes to that um <laughs> but i would love to see the Bengals again because i don't think the game would end the same way uh, I think Kansas City is probably going to be more prepared if they play them again in the playoffs. And, yeah. you know, the other thing that really we're trying to figure out going into this game against the Broncos, and we'll talk about that in here in a second when we get back. What are they going to do on the offensive line? Orlando Brown was limited in practice, uh, he missed the game on Sunday. Uh, you know, and then six snaps in, you lose your backup left tackle in Lucas Niang. And then you're playing Joe Tooney at left tackle. And don't get me wrong, he mm-hmm. played fantastic at left tackle. But it's a whole different ballgame going up against a guy like Bradley Chubb. Trey Hendrickson is good, but he's not Bradley Chubb, at least in my opinion. So that's something that we're going to have to talk about here in just a moment when we get back from this break. Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March. Through the bowl games, and through the football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new new and amazing offers available Bet online where the game starts. All right, Sarah, I'm going to jump into this and I'm going to start asking you questions about this Broncos team, because I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at this game and my biggest question to you, and I mean, no offense at all whatsoever. This is, this game really doesn't mean much to you guys. You're not fighting for the playoffs anymore. So where do you, what is this team looking at and what are they going to do in this game? I am sure they want to play spoiler to the chiefs, obviously, what are you really expecting from your team this this week?
1: That is an awesome question.
0: I I don't <laughs> know what to expect from them. I,
1: I to be honest with you, and this is what I'm hoping for, Chris, is that I hope that we see a lot of strong individual performances from guys, regardless of regardless of the outcome. Like we want to see the players play well. Like I think right now. For Broncos fans, I think everybody can pretty much agree. We like we like where the roster is at for the most part, and, and because we like where the roster is at for the most part, we want to see those guys do well. The, the coaching staff, on the other hand, I think a lot of people are torn between wanting to see the players do really well and then wanting the Broncos to clean house on the coaching staff, and I think we're going to see something happen there. I don't know how quickly. And, and somebody had already mentioned the fact that the games, the game is on Saturday, so the Broncos can really get going before a lot of other teams and their season. But I do really feel like this game is going to be is it's, it's going to be strange from that regard, just like. What do we expect from these guys? Do we expect them to go super hard out there and try to get a win against the Chiefs for the first time, you know, since 2015? Or do we expect them to kind of just like play it safe and, and try not to get injured and try not to ruin their, their chances at 2022? How hard are they going to go for this current coaching staff? If the, if the writing is kind of on the wall, I feel like a lot of these guys, they're, they're galvanized together in that locker room. The players are. So I really do feel like they're going to come out and they're going to give it their best for each other, not necessarily for the coaching staff. I I hate to even say that, and I don't want to put words in their mouth. I would never say, oh, yeah, the players are going to play for each other but not for the coaches. But you just kind of – you can't help but wonder if that will be the case just because you do feel like in Broncos country right now, the vibe is that the team is potentially going to move on from Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and that whole staff after the season's done.
0: And you start looking at that, what that's going to mean for this team, and I want to get to that in just a second, but I want to bring up this point. You look at how this game is going to be played out, and I wonder if you have anybody with injuries that you just decide, okay, I don't care, he would normally play this week, but he's not going to play this week because it doesn't matter. you know. And, and are you going to look at some other guys, and maybe like a Cortland Sutton who is coming back from a you know an ACL tear, do you want him playing in this game? Uh, especially considering, I, I don't know what the weather's like or what what the weather is going to be like on Sunday, but I would imagine since it's Denver and it's, it's you know January, it's going to be cold. Maybe there's going to be snow on the field. Who knows? Uh, do you want to risk those injuries? And you have, what, one of your – I saw one of your offensive linemen went to IR or Is not going to play in this yeah. game, right?
1: Yeah, Dalton Reisner, yeah, the yeah. left guard. He'll be out yep. for this game, so – Yeah, that's a that's another great point. I mean, and I personally have thought about that as well. And I wonder, I know that I know the players think a lot differently, like, like even with Bradley Chubb early in the season, you know, he he went out and he tested that ankle when he probably shouldn't have because he wanted to be out there and they medically cleared him, of course, but like, he probably could have waited a little bit longer to come back and he didn't want to. So I don't know if those guys are going to necessarily do that. I think, obviously, there's players like Teddy Bridgewater. He's still in the concussion protocol. They're not even going to mess around with that. I don't think even if he would clear the concussion pr- protocol, I don't think he would play. So nor, I think should there they. Are certain, nor should they. And I, I, we've talked about that on On Broncos, Chris, of the, just the safety with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he had two concussions in like two months. That's very scary. So if I was Teddy myself, I probably wouldn't go back out there and risk taking one shot. I mean, to get you another one, that would be very scary. So there's guys like him that I think definitely they won't play. There are other guys I don't know. There's not there's not many players on the roster right now, at least that we know of. Patrick Sertan did leave the last game with a calf injury, and he was replaced by Michael Ojimudia who made his debut. So like with Patrick Sertan, do you do you what you do you do him. with your number one star? Right, I would him. I would say yeah, I would say keep him out. But again, the competitor in those players, you don't. I don't know what that's going to look like for them. So we'll have to wait and see what the team kind of decides on that. But yeah, I mean, you don't want to be risking 2022 for a game that ultimately doesn't
0: matter for the Broncos. And that's really my point is that when you start looking at this, this does not matter at all for the Broncos for this year. Uh, so I would be looking at sitting Sertan. I'd be looking at sitting anybody that really had an injury that you know you would think it was even questionable going into this game. And I would still consider sitting sudden. I mean, he's looked good, but I don't think he's back to work. He will be in 2022, and I wouldn't risk it, but that's me. So, But I'm glad you brought up Fangio and Pat Shermer. And my big question going into this game is I understand the reason and the thought process of replacing them in 2022. I get it, especially considering you're, you're going to be looking at more than likely going and getting a new QB, whether it's Deshaun Watson or maybe Aaron Rodgers or – Whoever else is out there, because we just don't know who's going to be available right now. Uh, So I get the thought process, but your defense is so good and has all the pieces there. It'd be really hard to bring in an offensive minded coach unless you can go get a defensive minded super, super coach to be your defensive coordinator because you have all the pieces there and you don't want to lose that.
1: I think that there's a number of people who agree with that for sure. And, and there's this doesn't really happen in the NFL. I don't know that there's a case where it has happened, but there's been people talking about, well, maybe you try to hire a different head coach and have Vic Fangio just move to the defensive coordinator position, which, like, of course, that's pie in the sky type of thinking. But now more people are starting to kind of talk about that. In regards to guys like Jim Harbaugh, if he would leave Michigan, you know, would would Fangio consider being his D.C. in Denver? I mean, there's situations that I think are fun for us and others to talk about and write about and things like that. But until we see something like that happen, I mean, we did see John Elway kind of, you know, like fire himself up in the Broncos organization. Like he kind of stepped aside and stepped out of his role and, and let somebody else take it while he took kind of a lesser role, but kind of said that he was moving up in the front office. So I, I to me I feel like yeah you don't want to lose that defense but there are certain things Chris with this defense that that make you kind of wonder like okay how how good really is the defense like they're bottom six on third down they're yeah. terrible in terms of in terms of creating turnovers and creating a pass rush like the, they haven't been able to do those type of things and of course you trade Von Miller and, and you want to say well they traded Von Miller like how good is their pass rush supposed to be I kind of feel like, you know, even before the Von Miller trade, it just wasn't where you need it to be in order to really have an impact on games. So the Fangio defense has been bend, don't break. They're amazing in the red zone. But inside the 20s, in between the 20s, and you know this having the matchups the Chiefs have had against them over the years, the Chiefs haven't necessarily needed touchdowns to beat the Denver Broncos. They've been able to beat the Denver Broncos with field goals and defensive plays and and special teams plays. The offense hasn't necessarily needed to go out there and dominate in order to beat the Broncos and uh, one primary reason for that is obviously the offense, but secondly, the defense lets them kind of bleed that clock out between the 20s and they're able to kind of matriculate whether it's through the run or the pass and then the Chiefs can just kick field goals and they can score, you know, they can score 12, 15 points as an offense and rely on the other points coming from from other means, unfortunately, you know, for the Broncos' sake. But that's just kind of the way that it has been most of the year, I would say.
0: Well, and then the other thing that really sticks out to me going into this game is I'm glad you said that they have a great red zone defense because I do believe that I, I agree with you on that. The question I have, though, is looking into going into this week. I think that's something that Kansas City needs to focus on, getting better in the red zone. But I also would like to see them, you know, attack from just outside the red zone. They had a touchdown against the Bengals that was about somewhere between the 20 and 35 yard line. It was DeMarcus Robinson's touchdown at the very beginning of the game. And it was a great pattern and a great post, you know, a a great route. Uh, I'd like to see Kansas City work on that type of stuff going into this game, knowing that they're going to be facing a good red zone defense. If you can attack those types of areas against a good unit, it's going to prepare you better for this playoffs.
1: It is. I mean, the Broncos secondary, especially if Patrick Sertan plays, it'll be a great tune up before the playoffs for, you know, for Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And I just got a text as we're recording this, that there's potential, you know, there's, there's potential that Sertan doesn't play. So let's just, let's just put it that way. And if Kyle Fuller's out there on the field, Uh, you know, against the Kansas City receivers, Kyle Fuller has been susceptible to the big play at every level of the field this season. So I do feel like that's an opportunity for Kansas City to get that tune up. Yeah, the defense does tighten up regardless of personnel in the red zone, but there's, there's areas where I feel like the Broncos kind of have a a weakness in the armor that they can attack and that they can still get some good work out there. It's not going to be like they're going in practice. I mean, these guys are still going to be flying around some of the, we know how rookies are, you know, like Jonathan Cooper coming off the edge. He's going to want to get after Patrick Mahomes. So I think you're going to get a good tune up game leading into this postseason from a very good secondary, even if it doesn't include Patrick Sertan.
0: And when we get back, we're going to flip it over, and Sarah's going to ask me questions about this Chiefs unit and how this game is going to play out for the Chiefs. Hey, Chiefs fans, this is Chris Clark with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. Our listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a... Bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN.
1: Locked on Broncos, Locked on Chiefs crossover episodes. Again, thank you for making Locked on Broncos, Locked on Chiefs your first listen of the day. Wherever you listen, however you listen, if you watch on YouTube, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you listen to us, thank you so much. Thank you for your engagement. It means so much to us. Chris, let's talk a little bit about this matchup from the Chiefs' perspective. Obviously, you mentioned some concerns with the offensive line, some things going on there. Offensively, kind of give me the state of the Chiefs as you get ready to go into another postseason where I feel like a lot of people, they kind of wrote off the Chiefs early. Now we're back onto the, onto the train of they kind of seem like favorites in the AFC again. So talk to me about this Chiefs' offense, where they're at in week 18. Again, crazy to say.
0: Yeah. And I think you have to look back at, you know, even the Bronco or even the Bengals game this past week, uh, you know, the chiefs offense goes out and scores 28 points. And in the first half uh, they were on fire in the first half, they were moving the ball up and down the field. They were just, you know, they were getting to a point where they were scoring and could have scored close to 40 points. At least that's the way it looked. Uh, And then you come out from half and you have a couple of bad drives and, You know, that stinks that that happened. Uh, They kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple of times when it came to their drives. Uh, They did kick a field goal, so they got three points in the second half. That's obviously not enough, especially when you're going up against a powerhouse offense like the Bengals are. Uh, and, And Kansas City made some mistakes at the end of this first half. I mean, Tyree Kill has a ball that hits him, basically should have been in his hands, and gives Kansas City either a chance at a touchdown on that catch or at least three points before the end of half and that would have possibly changed the outcome of the game or at least changed the way it ended uh, against the Bengals. I think this offense is getting a lot better. I think that they are uh, starting to find the different things that work. Patrick Mahomes has started to take the underneath things when it comes to teams playing too deep on him, and he's starting to also hand the ball off, and the offensive line has done very well opening at polls.
1: I feel like the AFC is – Such an odd conference right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have teams like you said, you mentioned powerhouse Bengals offense. And to me, that's almost just as weird to say as week 18 of the NFL season. (laughs) I I mean, things are crazy in the AFC right now and things are so like they're, they're just there's a lack of clarity. I feel like with like what teams are, which version of what team are you going to get? How do you feel about kind of the state of the AFC right now? Like, what teams, as you know, let's give me the heartbeat of of Chiefs Kingdom right now. Like, what are people thinking about the different teams that you might face in the playoffs? You don't necessarily have to break down every single one of them, but kind of give me the teams that maybe you're thinking, oh, we got a great shot against these ones and maybe not so great against these other ones.
0: You know, I think that it's possible. And, you know, if Jacksonville, I think I saw something where Jacksonville ends up winning on. Uh, this week, then the Chargers and the Raiders could kneel the entire game on Monday Night Football and both of them make the playoffs. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but it's fun to talk about. But really, when you start looking at things, you know, the Chiefs beat the Raiders twice uh, and people will say it's very hard to beat a team twice in one year. Uh, I will tell you, it's. I'm not going to say it's impossible, to, but it's darn near impossible to beat the same team three times in a year. So playing the Raiders would be something that would make me a little nervous, even though Kansas City has had their number for the most part over the years. Um, and then, you know, you look at the Chargers, obviously that Chargers game a couple of weeks ago was a fantastic game on Thursday night football. Kansas City came back late in the game, scored a lot of points late, and was able to hold on for a victory at the end uh so that was exciting and they did it without three of their you know defensive starters so I think that plays into it as well uh the big question is who's going to be who's the Chiefs going to play who's going to be the seventh seed uh could be LA or it could be the Chargers could be the Raiders could be the Ravens uh I think potentially it still could be the Steelers I'm not sure how all that works out but uh there's lots of different teams that it could be uh and when you start looking at that could be well, you know the Patriots are going to be probably the five seed, I would think. The Patriots, so that that's the big question: who's six and seven? Uh, and right now, I would say that's probably going to be either the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chargers, or the Raiders. And I think that it's a game against the Ravens, uh, if they get, you know, if they get their quarterback back, I think that's a big change. But uh, all those teams really could present problems for Kansas City outside of maybe Pittsburgh. I'm not really so sure that. That would be a big problem for Kansas City a second time around.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh is is they've got to be the weirdest team that's still in convention. Like they might they might be the worst team well, that absolutely. makes the playoffs in the NFL. I and I hate to say that I got so much respect for Mike Tomlin. I mean, I saw a stat today 15 seasons with eight and eight or or winning season. He has no losing seasons in 15 years. That's insane. So Steelers have uh, had a
0: winning season for the past 16 seasons.
1: My gosh. Yeah. Hey, kudos to them, I suppose. However they figure out a way to do it, kudos Mm -hmm. to them. So, I mean, defensively for Kansas City, we talked last time we had a crossover. Like there was a definite turning point for the Kansas City Chiefs after that Melvin Ingram trade. Not necessarily that he was the the catalyst for everything, but you obviously had a lot of different moving parts at that time. Now you're coming off a game against the Bengals where, like you said, I mean, their offense, they showed off their high-powered offensive attack. What are the areas of Kansas City's defense that you think like they really need to tighten up? This area going into the postseason, or else.
0: I think they need to be willing to adjust. If you go back and watch that Bengals game, it's that they weren't willing to adjust. They weren't willing to double Jamar Chase, and that really cost them. And I said this. I've said this multiple times on the podcast. So I'll say it here. Jamar Chase is a fantastic wide receiver, and uh, if he plays anything like what he did against the Chiefs, he's easily going to be a top three wide receiver next year. And you can doubt all you want, but he is that good. He just absolutely went off on Sunday against Kansas City. And so the thing that really got to me in that game is you watch the corners be in position. You watch them defending things like you would like to see them defend. And he still plays anyway that's a wide receiver making plays for his quarterback and the quarterback putting the ball where it absolutely needs to be. Both of those guys were on the same page and it's really hard to defend that type of thing. But the bigger problem was, is you get in a situation late in the game and it's third and 27 and you're sending the house and you have two guys that are, you know, helping over the middle, expecting that that's where they're going to go with the ball. And Burrow basically just goes, Oh, well, Chase is down there somewhere and well, uh, you know, blanket and just, Throws the ball up, Chase get, catches it, gets a first down, and Bengals go on to score a touchdown. And, well, they go on to score, and that ended up costing Kansas City. And you just didn't make the adjustment. You didn't take away Chase, uh, and you didn't double him. And that's really the big thing with this defense. The thing that also stood out to me Sunday, they didn't get any turnovers. This mm. team is very good when this defense gets some kind of turnovers. Uh, they were, I think, 18 Uh, in the turnover ratio or turnover category early in the season, they flipped it and then went to positive 18 uh, in the next seven or eight games. I think that win streak basically. And, you know, then against the Bengals, they didn't get a turnover and they didn't turn the ball over either, but uh, that's a huge key. This defense is, you know, very good, especially when they get turnovers.
1: Absolutely. And giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes more times than, you know, than normal is always a good, good idea. So, One last question for you here, Chris. I know obviously Broncos fans, we're kind of moving on to here's what the offseason could bring. Uh, For the Kansas City Chiefs, it's really just been a ton of consistency, almost like boring consistency in terms of the people and and players that are in place to really help keep this thing moving and chugging along. But are there any assistant coaches that you feel like these guys are guaranteed to be gone after the 2021-2022
0: postseason? If you would have asked me last year, I said that I would have told you Eric Bannemi would be gone. He's still not a head coach anywhere. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, There are going to be people that say that he is the reason that Kansas City's offense is struggling right now. I don't know that I really buy into that, but uh, I think that that could keep him from getting a job this year. Uh, That's a horrible situation for him because I think he's deserved to be ahead for the past two or three years now. And he just hasn't got an opportunity, so that's bad for Kansas City. That's bad for him. Uh, Steve Spagnolo, If he would have asked me, you know, two months ago, did he deserve to be head coach again? I would have told you no. But then you watch what he did for those eight game that eight game winning streak, where they were one of the number one scoring defenses, and the, they were close to the number one scoring defense in the NFL across that eight game span. Uh, he just was doing fantastic, and he was getting his guys in place where they needed to be, and. and he was doing very well. So I think that there's that as well. I think there's some other guys that that you know people are going to be looking at. The question is, is okay, are you going to look at guys like Mike Kafka? I don't think you're going to give him a head coaching job, but is Kansas City going to keep him from getting an offensive coordinator job somewhere else? It's hard to say. Uh, I think there's other guys as well. And then you start looking at the personnel guys. Kansas City has been very good personnel-wise for years. So you would think that they're going to be losing at least one or two of their personnel guys over the next couple of years. It might not be this year, but I would expect, I think three of their personnel guys read, uh, you know, interviewed for GM jobs last year. And I would expect those three are going to get another look this year.
1: Absolutely. I I could definitely see that. And that, I mean, that's going to make this offseason all the more interesting to watch, but first, playoffs so we'll see what happens good luck to the chiefs this weekend hopefully both of these teams broncos and the chiefs come away from this game fully healthy that's obviously goal number one as the chiefs prepare for the playoffs the broncos prepare for an offseason full of you know kind of just question marks so what's who's going to be the head coach who's going to be the owner of the team who's going to be the quarterback i feel like everybody in broncos country eager for that everybody in in chiefs kingdom eager to see if they can win another title that's gonna do it for this locked over cross, a locked on crossover podcast. Me, Sarah Bettinger, locked on Broncos. We miss you, Cody, uh, Chris Clark, locked on Chiefs. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all soon.